0: and welcome to episode 30 of the Retro Anime Podcast. I'm your host Ian and as always I'm here with Lewis. Hello Lewis. Hello
1: everyone. How are we? Good yeah you know um, it's the sunniest day of the year so far here in Dublin Uh, so after I am going to go to the beach
0: so nice. That'll be fun. Yeah Yeah. we're going for a walk with some friends later enjoying yes we've got glorious warm slightly breezy day so uh, yes make the most of it definitely so um, you know it's been six months since we uh, last recorded so um, real life has uh, kind of well and truly kind of uh, scuppered a lot of uh, scheduling and and stuff this year so um, we're a bit behind on a lot of a lot of uh, projects and stuff yeah that we, we missed
1: our do. mecha march yeah but we might we might be able to still hit mecha may um,
0: um. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so unfortunately we did we did miss mecha march um we you know we're gonna do x bomber um and have craig on that so we were gonna uh and i still desperately want to talk about x bomber so um we will <laughs> we will definitely get there with that um yeah so uh yeah we are uh we are a bit behind, but it's not to say that we'd forgotten or not to do it. It's just genuinely, you know, scheduling and, and, and life and, and stuff has just got in the way. So, um, but, um, you know, we wanted to get it back on track. So we're here today. The content today is going to be a, a slight difference to what we said at the end of episode 29. And that's because um, a good friend of mine, someone... Uh, who inspired this podcast unfortunately uh, passed away a month ago so um, Dan Alty some of you uh, might be familiar with um, the the Mondo movie or stream punk podcasts that he did with Ben Howard Um, so I went to school with Dan Uh, Dan's younger brother Richard was in my class at school Ben Howard was in my class at school and while we were at, at school when we were like 15 we worked on a horror fanzine called Who my brain hurts and uh we did that and so the um tape traders that used to do all the video- the horror video tapes that that we used to watch and um, they moved into anime started doing all the fan sub tapes and um you know it was richard who had gone and bought akira when it first got released um again anime was appearing in a lot of the the horror fanzines that were about at the time so ooh, my brain hurts, naturally sort of moved into into anime as well. You know, after I'd, I'd seen Akira, it's a story I've told many times, Um, you know, that was that thing, you know, oh, this is anime, all this stuff that I've liked in the past is anime. And they started buying, you know, the, the Altie brothers started getting into the fan sub tape trading. And so the first fan sub tape that they lent me had um, the Silent Mobius movie on it and um, the Vampire Princess Mio OVA, which we reviewed back in episode eight. Um, so, uh, you know, they were, I say, cause they were actively buying lots of horror cassettes and stuff so that they got into to buying quickly onto those fan subs. So, so Dan, um, you know, he was a really good creative guy. He did a lot of web content work. He produced a couple of short films, Athelian um, Point and, and Party 85. And I recommend going to see them. They're, they're really, really good short films. And with Ben, back in the mid 2000s he started a, a podcast called mondo movie which was a you know a cult movie you know sort of sub-genre type movie podcaster. Uh, you know it was a really really good podcast and that did inspire me you know all those years ago to to, to get into it um you know very sadly dan was diagnosed with cancer back in um in february and, and six weeks later you know unfortunately he passed away so um you know, it's it's a a very sad thing and uh, you know, I, I wanna I wanna use this episode to, to pay tribute to Dan because, you know, this podcast probably wouldn't have been here without, you know, his inspiration on Monday Movie and, and all the help he gave me actually getting the podcast started, he gave me loads of pointers and um it would be very, very sorely missed. So uh yeah, so I wanna talk about Silent Mobius because through him it was, you know, the first sub tape I saw in I'm trying to say it's I was in the fifth year at school So I think it was either Very late 91 Or very early 92 I saw this So uh, So that's That's the reason why the You know we've kind of Changed the content for today So So we are going to talk about The two Silent Mobius movies um, The first one released in 1991 And the second one in 1992 Lewis these are your First viewings aren't they? So it's the first time you've seen them. Yes, indeed it is. So, um, yeah, I've seen these a couple of times over the years. So to give a bit of background, the Silent Mobius movies are based on a manga by Kia Asamiya, which started back in 1988. It did have a sequel manga, uh, Silent Mobius QD, which started in 2013. So Kia Asamiya was a Sweden used by Michikaka Kikuchi for his manga work. So, uh, as I said... Two movies came out in 91 and 92. This was followed by a 26-episode TV series in 1998, um, which I have seen as well, but it was quite a few years ago that I saw it. The first film was licensed by Streamline Pictures in the 90s, um, and then Bandai Entertainment released both the first film and second film on DVD, and they released a box set of the TV series as well, which I've got all three of those. And then also... And this is what we're reviewing today. Essentially, the movies did get a very nice um, Blu-ray release in the in Japan, and what we're actually reviewing today are, are Blu-ray rips of it. So, unfortunately, no longer licensed. It's you know after Bandai Entertainment went under, it's not been licensed rescued, um, which I do think is a, a bit of a shame. So, I think on that basis, we'll get into the reviews. Mm. <laughs> Silent Möbius the motion picture was released in August 1991 and it was directed by Kazuo Tomazara and the animation production was by AIC to give a synopsis of the film in the Tokyo of the future Kitsumi Yukie and a special squad of police women fight a shape changing monster called a Lucifer Hawk in the aftermath of the battle Kitsumi recalls how it all started In 2024, she travelled from Hawaii to Tokyo to visit her mother, Fuyuka, who was ill in hospital. On the way to the hospital, she was attacked by a monster, but was saved by two specialist policewomen. They took her to meet their chief, Rally Cheyenne, who wanted Katsumi to join her group, the attacked mystification police department. Kitsumi refuses and does not want to be involved. However, when her mother later sacrifices herself to destroy Lucifer Hawk. The Yuka reveals that she sealed away Katsumi's inherited powers, including the ability to control the superdimensional gateway. Katsumi's power is released when she attacks and destroys a Lucifer Hawk. The authorities blame the ensuing destruction on terrorist attacks, continuing to keep the existence of Lucifer Hawk to secret. So that's the basis of the film. That all happens in like fifty four minutes, so it's quite a short film. So Lewis, what what were your kind yeah. of instant impressions of silent maybe as the motion picture
1: um i was cautiously optimistic going into it because i like you know the the design of it all as i was watching it unfold like mm. the the animation immediately caught my eye um they, they they put a lot of a lot of money in the first like yeah definitely. twenty seconds first impression Especially the bullet in the chamber and all this like fantastic stuff that happens, and you're like, "Wow, where, wow, yeah. this is whether is this the whole thing going to be?" No, the budget was just there, but <laughs> but like I think the the thing that um, stood out to me was definitely like the world setting and the the sound and uh, the way they kind yeah, of like, added a lot of character to this world. Uh, a lot of it felt very familiar, especially with the Lucifer Hawks. They kind of looked like um, the angels of Evangelion. Um, you know, that's a very kind of extra-dimensional, yeah, um, alien kind of race thing. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely. First impressions were were like, "Wow, this is going to be very, very promising," and then I quickly became very, very frustrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think as a film on its own. So this, you know, as this film came out, it's it's kind of a bit odd because it tells you the story but doesn't tell you a lot at the same time. Because it's got a bit of an odd structure, which I, to be honest, yeah. I actually quite yeah. like. So you start off, effectively, the the final battle, effectively, you get the first kind of five minutes of it and then the last sort of five minutes of it. And then you get Katsumi's story of how she met Rally and became a part yeah. of the attacked mystification police department. You know, in in between. Yeah, I know, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Boy, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's English at its best, isn't it? So I kind of quite yeah. like that because you get this action built. So it, like a lot of these things, it gets off on a really good, fast-paced, you know, good action scene to get you engaged. Yeah. Um, and then it quite neatly, there is a scene yeah. where it then transitions to Katsumi coming to Japan on the plane, which... <laughs> So I think I think the way it does that transition is quite effective
1: it, that could that trend yeah, yeah, I don't think it was that clear to me that it was a flashback because like um i, I don't want to skip ahead here, but like by talking by talking about like the where that you know that yeah. whole monster comes and moves towards her and she goes <gasps> you know and then you're like and you're like ah oh. and the whole thing after that turns out to be um, why she recognized the monster. Yeah, because it's, the, yeah. it's recognizing the monster that triggers that flashback, and then like, and then we don't, yeah. <laughs> and then nothing of that gets tackled for a long time. So because it's just like, <laughs> oh, here's my entire story, yeah, and then by the way, this yeah, is the monster, yeah, and you're like, oh, oh, that's why she had a flashback. <laughs> you know, it's a uh, a lot of the stuff suffers. From the from the fact mm. that we're just stuck in this character development loop, like there, there's nothing. The story keeps like slapping itself in the face, and the and the viewer in the face because you're like, it. You, there's stuff that, like you said, it, it's like there's some convoluted parts, and the story kind of um, is confusing, or or would you you consider a lot of people would consider the story to be confusing, um, and I think that's because like the story yeah, never really yeah. happens it just happens around this one character loop where she she she's like oh maybe i do have power but wait i hate myself and then it perpetuates no, it. Like, that's that we never get over that hurdle and like it like and that's it's never solved it's never solved even in the flashback it just cuts to her being so like, we know that she gets over it and then she starts using her power we know that now because we saw it at the start but like it never really gets to that point during the entire flashback. It's just this constant like hiccup on a character development loop where she just like she's like maybe she's gonna finally accept who she is, and no, we're back to the start. That because that keeps happening, um, it's just like no one else gets any screen time because they can't resolve that one plot point. So you don't no, really I... understand who the who these other people are, who are around her, um. Because they, we never get a chance to even look at their character loops or like look at their motivations.
0: It's just everything's happening to this one completely. Yeah, and I think that's awfully unlikely as character. a film, and its runtime is indicative of this and is part of the problem. You know, mm. I agree. Like the other characters are just people there in name, and they're just there. They're just there. You just don't know. You don't know anything about them. Why they're there? Like, nothing's tackled. <laughs> yeah and the thing is like the only thing is you know what their function is because it's kind of spelled out to you very easily so like Kitty is like that she's super strong nami by her dress you know she's in the traditional kind of priestess dress I, i i i'm probably describing that wrong but you know what it is you know where she goes and puts the seals the paper seals around you know she's the spiritualist one and then you know, Lebia is just always sat behind the computer, yeah, yeah. so she's like the intelligence. You know, it's like spelled out for you, so that you you know what the purpose of those characters is, is in like twenty seconds. But yeah, then yeah. that's all you find out about them. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's just them. It's just them trying to influence her to breach that. Um, character development point and then move on with the rest of the story because the rest of the story could work really really well because the world building is great the animation is really nice and like high quality i believed it It but like you just we just kept on getting like it it just kept on kneecapping itself because any time that maybe some like proper development could have happened or we maybe would have understood it a bit more of the lucifer hawks kind of like predicament uh, and why these two sides are against each other. It just like, it yeah. just reverted back to like, it, she's not ready. She's not ready. She's not ready. And then there's, and you're like, we get it. We get
0: it. She doesn't <laughs> want to do it. But like, even Shinji did it. Even Shinji yeah, got through and, and I think that's like, your <laughs> so, viewpoint having this uh, being your first time watching it. Because I've, this first movie especially is probably my, I don't know, seventh or eighth time of watching it. Maybe, you know, I watched it several times on the fan sub when Mm. Richard and Dan lent me the tape. And then I watched it a couple of times when I got the DVD. And then when the Blu-ray, a fan sub rip of the Blu-ray came out, I watched it again. And I've watched it a couple of times for this. So I've watched it a lot. And I think, and it's interesting you say that because I think having watched it so much and my initial view of this as well was like when I'd like hardly seen anything, because um, I can always remember like this like really blowing me away mm. yeah like this mix of like really kind of Blade Runner esque sort of hard sci-fi yeah. but with this really key supernatural monster element to it and that blend of it I'd never seen anything like it yeah I, at the time and like mm. it was just such a yeah it is beautiful uh, yeah you know it was just one of those things that it was like it was a real mind blowing moment because it was like oh this is this is what anime is like, you know. And again, like I said, I hadn't seen very much, but it really opened that door to me, to anime. And then all the stuff that followed through the 90s. Because I think it's very much um, a thing of its time. If you look at stuff like the Kawajiri films, like Demon City, Sinjuku and Wicked City, and like Vampire Princess Miyu, Because, you know, that supernatural oh. element, I think you kind of yeah. get that. Because I say, I watched that OVA immediately after watching this, Um, And, again, that OVA really sticks in my head um, as a result because it was just that real eye-opening thing as to what... um, Again, I kind of probably thought it was all a bit of sci-fi because what I'd seen before had been predominantly science fiction or space or, you know, some of the robot stuff I saw in the early 80s. So this kind of opened up a a complete, you know, different genre and world of uh, aspect of anime that I hadn't appreciated or just didn't knew existed. So it was... I still see there's that that aspect of it to me. Um, so, but so having seen it so often, I I've, I've, I kind of overlook yeah yeah those aspects of it. But that initial impression I got, I still get. There's a couple of scenes in this. Um, yeah. One yeah. where Katsumi comes through the tunnel and then kind of bursts through the light at the end of the tunnel and then skids up. There's that scene, and then the scene where Katsumi first walks down the the alleyway and the Lucifer Hawk kind of emerges from the wall behind her like those two scenes are properly burned in my brain from when i first watched yeah. it you know they were just they were just things were just like oh, you know oh look at this stuff this is amazing you know look at this animation it's incredible you know um
1: yeah yeah it was yeah it's very very beautiful i
0: think what it it still does very well and it still kind of catches my breath a little bit it's just how it crafts that world like, there's some some beautiful panning shots of how it shows that futuristic world. Yeah. Um, and like the way that the AMP craft kind of fly around it. Yeah. It's just like yeah. there's like loads of detail in it and the animation quality is really high. Um, and like a Blu ray rip, you know, in HD and, you know, 1080p, it just looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. It looks fantastic. So, yeah, I, th- I find it interesting. I think you're right because I, I still go back and I, I think within the, as I said within the time frame, I think this the story structure kind of works, but yeah, Katsumi is whiny, um, and her reluctance to it. Which and the problem is, it doesn't fully expand on her overall reluctance. And you get a bit of story yeah. with her mum, and there's a bit of relevation towards the end, but you know, there's a whole load more now. Whether when this re- was released, there'd been quite a few chapters of the manga released by that point, yeah, so you know whether you'd have been a fan of the manga and gone to see this at the cinema and you know you'd have been a bit more clued up as to what was going on in the animated version Mm -hmm. so maybe you didn't need that backstory but I do think it yeah it's um it leaves a lot of holes in it I mean I just think it's a really good bit of sci-fi I think the way it blends the sci-fi and supernatural bit from a visual you know animated point of view I think's like just really, really good. Yeah, I think if you've yeah. not seen that kind of thing before, but I think it depends where you come into it. I think if you've seen a lot of anime now, you know, I don't think it will yeah, have that sure. kind of impact on you. Yeah. These days. You can, I mean you
1: can still appreciate the craft that the, the 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 detail in the animations there, the yeah the, the um soundscaping, the beautifully crafted kind of like landscape shots. Um, you know, everything's given the time of day that like befits yeah. making the world part of the character of the piece. And like the work like everything everything yeah. fits in. Like even even though the, the as like kind of dynamic and unshapely as the designs of the uh the hawks are, um, they still merge with the world pretty yeah. well.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. The blending of yeah. those two genres I think is very, very effective. I think that is um is is really, really effective. Cause I think you can definitely tell this is Kikuchi's pet project because if you look at the credits you know he's like he's credited with like chief director the storyboards and the scripts and 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 a load of stuff so you can see he very much wanted to create this which i think which is why you know aesthetically yeah. it's very stylistic some of those shots with like that shot as i said of um you know the Lucifer hawk coming yeah. from the wall that you know the way that because it's it's quite a creepy and that you know, the intensity in that action scene, cause like say, that shot of Kiddy loading the gun, there's loads of bits in that. And then the final scene where Katsumi's mum, she's doing the incantation to snare and, and help destroy the uh, Lucifer Hawke. You know, the way that builds up, it's really well crafted, and he was definitely trying to show something particular there. And, I, and I'm and i guessing it's probably the best bits of the manga, or, you know, an element of the manga, that it was like, I, I want to show these bits which is kind of what it feels like because yeah. it's quite short because and we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about the second film so we'll review the second film and then we'll kind of compare the two so I don't kind of want to talk about it now but you know even as this film is it does feel a bit of an like odd film to have just made because the post-credits title card says um this is the beginning of the story or or whatever so there, yeah. there an indication at the end of the first film that there's more to come, but it doesn't kind of say what yeah. what it is, so um I don't know, I have really mixed feelings about this because it's you know if you take it on isolation, it's like I say it is a bit of a fractured story, but it is visually so oh yeah, no enticing, like as a, as a, you know, a, it's it's the, as an art piece and like the the way
1: that there's such like gratuitous care in it in in every scene, yeah, but um you know not a mu- not as much thought was given to the story or yeah, and next... forward um yeah cuz essentially it's like it's like a really really cool action scene that sets it off to be like some of the best probably some of the best you would see of the era um and then it's like but wait uh and then it it basically presents to you a, a, a the following 35 to 40 minutes um is just essentially just the same character loop that you're trying yeah. to overcome. It's just her in this beautifully crafted world in constant denial, and it never really goes anywhere. Like you, you can see like you, you get slithers of story, but it's mostly just questions. Yeah. Um. And then, then it goes back to the the final scene where there's like a, a you know, a, a fight. Yeah. Brilliant. But then that's it. You know, there's like, it's it. It kind of breaks out sprinting when it when it really should just be just running a
0: marathon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So if we go into the second film, so, and talk about that, and then I think when we kind of talk about them as a pair, I think some of this stuff will come to light a bit, a bit more. So, because um, there's definitely stuff that we need to talk about with the context of, of the second film. So, yeah. So, Silent Mobius 2 was released in July 1992 and was directed by Yasunori Ide and again was animated by AIC. So, Again, the synopsis for the second film. Following the death of her mother fighting a Lucifer hawk, Katsumi decides to return to Hawaii. Rally Cheyenne prevents her departure and tries to make her a member of the AMP. But Katsumi heads out on her own. Meanwhile, the Lucifer hawk pursues Katsumi because of her ability to control the superdimensional power. The women of AMP guard and protect Katsumi while they continue trying to persuade her to join them. A young woman called Yuki Saiko befriends Katsumi, but Katsumi eschews any emotional attachments. While trying to identify Yuki, Rally discovers that she was part of a secret IPA project exploring mind control. While walking with Yuki, Katsumi comes across her mother's family house, but when she goes inside, Katsumi encounters two Lucifer Hawk, who attempt to take her to Nemesis. Kiddie, Nami and Yuki risk their lives trying to rescue her, and Katsumi realises that she has a responsibility to the one she cares for. Katsumi eventually uses her father's amulet to access her magical powers and destroys the remaining Lucifer Hawk. She then joins A.M.P. So we get into this second film, yeah, with like a very different kind of feeling, and then it's kind of story which kind of really needed to go into the first film. <laughs> it's right
1: back where we started. Yeah. Yeah, it's right back where we started. When it's, when it started, I was like, oh, we're here. We're here. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is probably some, this is the, this is the closure, is it? This is the final closure. Nope. Psych. We're going to go, <laughs> we're going to go back to that character <laughs> loop again for the next 50 minutes. And I was like, no, oh, it can't, it can't be happening.
0: They can't get away All with right. this again.
1: It's like, how, what were they, what were they
0: thinking? What were they thinking? Yeah, it's and it's really weird. So this film feels really different, yeah. So if you look at the creator credits, Kikuchi had, like, nothing to do with this film, right? So even though it's only come out a year later, he's not involved in it, right? Because yeah. it's missing all of that kind of lavish landscaping and all that attention to detail that's in the yeah. first film just yeah. isn't here. No. Like, it's just missing... And then it's kind of pacing as well, because, you know, I will say the first film, I thought for 54 minutes, um, including the, you know, the credits and everything else, I think chipped along at just the right pace. You know, it never kind of felt like it was twiddling its thumbs or going around in circles. As much as Consumi got very annoying, it it chipped and and moved everything along at the, the right kind of pace. This one, though, I think the first 30 minutes feels very slow. Yeah, and then kind of picks up when they actually get into that battle, where the AMP fight the Lucifer Hawks at the end, um, and all yeah. that kind of ramps up. That final twenty-five minutes ish of it of, of animation twenty twenty-five minutes actually is quite good, but the, the bit leading up to it, I think, leaves quite a bit to be desired. Yeah, um, when it when it first, when I first got into it, and I was
1: thinking, right, this is it. This is the one where like like she's she's we've got closure. She's moving on we're, like, going to get into the meat and grit of what exactly is going on. Yeah. Um <laughs> And then I honestly thought... I genuinely thought that I was trying to try... <laughs> I, I honestly thought they probably got around the table and then... Because I read your notes um, before um, watching the second one. And uh, and I was like... <laughs> what you said about, like, kind of... Where is it? Oh, let me find it again. It's got... um. Oh yeah, the, the you know forcing Katsumi to working with them. I was like, but that, yeah. that can't be right because we've already got to we've already got to that point now. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, like, so so it got it got it got into it, and then I was like, oh my god! I genuinely thought they got around a table because he wasn't involved with the second one, mm-hmm. like, um, and then we're like, well, we didn't actually. You know, the first one really didn't resolve that, you know, that character. Yeah, arc. yeah. They, probably, they sat down and went, actually, we, we, we never really got her over that that hurdle. Yeah, should we should we take another crack at it for 50 minutes? <laughs> like, and that's what it is. It's another crack at her completion arc for 50 minutes. And they were like, and then right at the very end, right at the very, very end, she gets over it. Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, brilliant. That's, that's exactly where we need to take it. Two hours to develop her. One step. Yeah. <laughs> Two hours. I know. Yeah. I know.
0: <laughs> and the problem is, in that time, we still don't really learn much more about the rest of AMP. I know. I know. I know. Do we? They like, but that's the thing. They didn't. They just like... They, oh, they we'll just didn't develop the other characters at all. Yeah. No, it's like, it's like they, they hinted at it, didn't they? They said,
1: oh, yeah, she's part of a, like, we haven't got any information on her. She's an orphan. She's got esper powers. Yeah, she can yeah. probably predict, and, like, she's a savant, a clairvoyant. Brilliant. She's going to fit right in with Amp when she hits her character, arc stride." Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we still need to focus on
0: Liqueur because <laughs> she can't get over her own self-doubt. Uh, Nothing it, happens again. Yeah, <laughs> it's... The thing is, I can remember. So when I bought the Bandai DVDs of this, because I hadn't seen the second film until I bought those DVDs, and I remember they turned up in a package from Right stuff. And like, because they were two only, you know, two fifty-minute or two hour-long films. I remember one yeah. Saturday night or whatever, you know, your mum was out, and it's like, right, I am going to watch these two films back to back. And I watched the first one, and I got into the second one expecting it to be like the first, and then it was completely different. And I was kind Oh of,
1: no! It was like the first,
0: but just not in the good not way. Not in a good way, yeah. <laughs> but it had none of the world building, you know, none of that bit of exactly. how it kind of really things. And then it was just more of this. And I was watching it, thinking, "Oh, hang on, like, where are we in the story s- now?" Yeah. you know. And I was like yeah, genuinely well, confused the first time I watched it. I was was cause the problem is, But I'm convinced. Yeah, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say, I'm convinced, like, exactly what you're saying, I'm convinced they sat around and yeah. went, what did the first yeah. one do well and what didn't it, it, did, what didn't it, did it do well? well? Yeah. Oh, it did world building great. Oh, okay, well, we don't need to do more world building because people who watch this one have already going to see the first one. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. What it didn't do well is solve this character arc. Let's go at it. Yeah. <laughs> go on, guys, start
0: writing. It's really weird because the second film essentially gets into the ending of the first film. Yeah. Again. It does. You know, yeah. so it kind of tells you the same conclusion twice. It's so confused. It's, like the second like, one is confusing. properly it's a properly confused film. Yeah. Just without like any of the kind of good stuff really. I mean the only bits I really liked is like there's two Lucifer Hawks which kind of get shot up and then merge. And that that bit is like the only kind of cool bit I think. Yeah, it.
1: exactly, and it happens, and it happens right, right, the right at the end. Yeah. And it all serves the one yeah. purpose of getting her over her character yeah. arc, <laughs> so
0: that the so that the first movie can start yeah. again. <laughs> oh, it's just, yeah, it's a bad it's... bit of storytelling because I, I, I really like you say. I'd love to know what that creative process was to get into the second film because it only came out like a year after the first. So. Was there a two-film structure? You know, did the first one not do very well? I'm convinced. Yeah, I mean, I'm th- I, i I'm inclined to agree with you in that. It was like, oh, the first one didn't do this. There was not the right reception. You know, we'll keep Kikuchi out because he's got too much control and all he's interested in doing is is showing this cool world of his rather than telling a proper story or something. <laughs> There's got to have been discussions like that with it. And and then you've ended up with this almost, I don't know, committee film. Or something. I, I'm like, they were just having a laugh with it. They've got to have been because it just loops in on itself.
1: They're like, let's create something, a two-parter, and, and all it does is just loop into itself. And that's like, that's meta in itself. Yeah. Like, and, and I can respect that because it does a perfect loop. It does do a perfect loop, but it's mind-numbing. Yeah. It's mind-numbing. Because
0: you've got two halves of a story in two films, kind of thing, which then don't actually. Yeah. Gel. That that
1: it, it makes them isolated pieces yeah. that like only work with each other because i'm sure the tv series has the has the progression that you're looking for and then suddenly like um you know suddenly these two movies come out that loop perfectly into each other there's just this like it's like a, it's like they're in orbit around the main series there's just like no no we're our own thing this is that we're a, we're a self-contained little circle that we two halves of the same same coin. The same, yes. Yeah, and that's right, and it's so a,
0: it's weird. So the TV series is an interesting thing. So the TV series didn't come out until 1998. So six years after the second film got released, really, a 26 episode TV series came out. But where did it start? Please don't tell well, me. Well, no. So, so interestingly, work. and we we got some questions, which I think we'll talk about those questions now because getting into this, I think what we're about to talk about is kind of answer those questions so so our friend Alan um, at professor underscore irony um, on Twitter so he asked are the movies relatively accessible for someone coming into it blind I was always kind of curious to about silent mobius but my sole experience of the anime is seeing the tv series dubbed into French there was actually a comment to that on the because Alan posted that on the anime UK news forums and there was a comment from CRDB who said I'd normally say that you'd need to watch the TV series before watching the movies, which are more like extended regular episodes than movies. I guess you could watch the movies by themselves, but you'd be missing out on a lot of the references that assume you'd watch the TV series first. So I kind of agree with that because... But how does that make sense? Because it came out six years later. (laughs) Yeah. So you would have never have gone into these films originally with...
1: You'd have to have watched the manga first. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> watch the manga. You'd have had yeah. to have read the manga <laughs> read first. Read yeah. the manga. I know yeah. what you meant, Lewis. I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. then the TV series came out later. Because one of the things, like, I didn't mention in the um, in the first movie is, like, it has, like, the Grospolana, which is, like, this kind of ancient yeah. supernatural, like, living weapon thing. metamorph, Right. Which is, like, really, yeah, yeah. really cool. The scene where... I mean, it just travels around like a head and then turns into this, like, mystical sword-type thing. Like, it's, and it's a really cool yeah, scene. It, the, yeah, like, the, the yes.
1: soul-possessed, like, weapon there's always one of them, like, yes. the sentient yes. weapons.
0: It's very, uh, very, very good trope. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, which, again, kind of is missing from the second film, but, like, polina like, has a very mm. key bit, you know, and a regular bit in the TV series. Now, the TV series does actually like expand on a lot, you know, and it's a regular episodic, the ongoing adventures and battles of the A&P against the Lucifer Hawks and the TV series. I did quite enjoy. Um, it's not a, a standout TV series, but it's good. You know, it's, it's fairly decent and it's quite enjoyable. And I mean, it's, you know, it's TV animation, but it kind of expands on that a lot, which I actually kind of got quite a lot out of watching the TV series. Um, I mean, whether I'd call the movies extended episodes, no, I just think they're actually just a bit of a messy narrative of what is actually a good story. Um, you know, I think, like, the core story of the manga and what Kikuchi was trying to do or Asamiya was trying to do um, actually is fundamentally very, very good. Um, it's just kind of not... <laughs> it's just not been executed well within those within those films. But mm. the manga obviously had enough of a following... And was popular enough to get a twenty-six episode TV series and a subsequent, yeah, you know, manga series as well. So it's obviously. I mean, I always remember it. I mean, i I still remember like during the, the two thousands. Even now, you still see occasional stuff about Silent Babys. It's got. It's certainly got that kind of. Uh, it's not quite cult, I would say, but it's got that kind of cult, low level cult kind of status. I think if you were into it yeah. back then. Well, I think you know you were into yeah. anime in the 90s you definitely kind of not revere it but you'd kind of hold it up as that kind of cult status kind of thing it got talked about it with like, that yeah this is this cool thing yeah i just think i think for the uh, as a product of its time
1: it probably was absolutely yeah. fantastic i think just the, the the plot points just don't hold up to this day um you know i think i think uh, yeah, people generally look to be surprised and delighted when with you know media that they yeah, consume, yeah. um, and I think that would have like I think the art the you know the art the animation uh, and everything else uh, of the piece back then was definitely enough to yeah, delight definitely. and surprise and, yeah. and make it an, a, a rather large select audience very very happy. But I think you know as more and more of the media comes out, you're like you you. Kind of expect the bar yeah, gets raised, yeah. and then you kind of look back and you go, "Well, these rose tinted goggles do make this uh, a, a good piece. It's a good vintage yeah, yeah. piece, <laughs> you know. There's a, it's it's timeless in a sense that it's earned its yeah, spot definitely. on the rack. It, it raised the bar of its time, but it hasn't. It it would it would fail to even you know kind of make a pull up in today's kind of okay, expectations. and yeah. things like that. So it, it just it just wrestles with itself. It does.
0: It does because the the, the manga actually got a limited some of it got released in the manga mania uh, magazine that came out through the 90s i can't remember much of of reading to be honest um but mm-hmm. and i agree with your comments because for me i think the second film drags down the first i think if you if the first film existed on its own i think it kind of would have got away as just a a capsule um, yeah. of what it is i think the fact that the second film exists and then kind of confuses the narrative of the first film a bit yeah isn't as well animated isn't kind of as well structured i think then kind of tarnishes it because it's it's hard to not see them as a pair
1: yeah they are they're, they're fused together they're joined at the hip they right? are like, joined at the not. hip they're, yeah absolutely you know, they're two halves of the, uh, like yeah the two sides of the same, same coin, coin. Like, yeah exactly they're, yeah. they're an isolated piece um from the main story it fails to hit, like, a lot of the stuff it presents, it fails to address. Um, But it does look beautiful. It does. So,
0: (laughs) I mean, so for me, like, I kind of... It's kind of almost a shame the second film exists, because I think if you just had the first one, as this hour-long, beautiful bit of creative work by the creator of the original manga, you know, he's Mm. seen his vision transfer from the page to the screen and, and you know all that care mm. and then the story's got this kind of wider telling in the tv series a bit later so it kind of fills in a lot of the gaps that were in the missing from the first film um and you know and it mm. and expands all that and, and you know you get those much deeper understanding of the world in in the tv series i think would have, would have yeah. worked but unfortunately the second film's there to kind of spoil it all
1: yeah yeah to its credit it's one of those things where like clearly it presented enough for people to be interested yeah, in yeah yeah for it to get a a long you know considerably i get i would call it a long series even if it is just like you know a season that what l- late 90s so the start of the third anime boom
0: yeah so like yeah 98, it 98 so there was yeah. definitely a core yeah. yeah
1: so it, it presented enough of the world for people to have a hunger yeah, definitely. to kind yeah. of like thing so like for it to for it to get a first spot Large, long-running series at the start of the third anime boom. You know that's like you know it clearly earned its stripes, but as a as like the you know as as a piece of media paired together, it's essentially like a hour and forty long character yeah. arc set in a beautiful world. Yeah,
0: because I mean you know looking up Silent Mobius and you know doing a bit of research for this, I mean it's interesting that actually there's quite a few blog posts about the first film, very little about the second film in the TV series. So that first film does seem Mm. to get a lot of attention. You know, the the manga does seem to crop up quite a bit. So, yeah. I mean, it
1: deserves its strikes for the opening sequence alone. Uh, Yeah. It just can't keep the pace. It's like he knew exactly how he wanted it to to be presented. Yeah, I
0: completely agree. And, you know, I have got the rose tints because it was that first, you know, I watched it at that that start, you know, of my sort of Mm. anime journey over thirty years ago. So there is that yeah. kind of thing. But I do genuinely think the first film is just a really and like I just look at it in isolation. It works just as a fifty minute simple narrative with some good action scenes, mm. some beautiful animation. I think it that kind of fundamentally works. I still you know, despite the disappointment of the second film, I, I can't let go yeah. of the fact that I do I do think the first film is just a, a really kind of almost uh era defining piece you know of piece of media yeah i mean it's it's yeah. very low key when you you know when you sandwich it between some of the big films of the time you know royal space force then akira and then ghost in the shell a few years later the pat you know there were some other big you know sort of sci-fi films around that time and i think it does kind of get lost a little bit in there because it's not in Akira, it's not a ghost in the shell. You know, it's not no, a, it,
1: it's like other genres have yeah. done it better. Sorry, not other genres. Other other pieces of like it's the same yeah. vein are presented infinitely yeah.
0: better. You know, if you look at some of those Kawajiri films like I was talking about, you know, Wicked City and Demon City Shinjuku which came out a few years before this did, you know, I think they are fundamentally better supernatural films than this is as a supernatural film, but what this does very well, as we said, was that, that blending of genres, but it, it's kind of, it's got lost, which I think is, like I say, a bit of a shame because I, I, I do think it's a, a, a great little movie and a, and a great bit of artwork, but yeah. and I think it's aged reasonably well where the second film was aged terribly.
1: Yeah. I think how I'd ultimately sum it up, now I've thought about it, is it presents to me a very, very pretty painting, Yeah, but it doesn't take me on a journey through it. Mm. Like, not like Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. Like, you know, Ghost in the Shell, like, has uh, such an incredible, like, opening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, like, you're, you're, it presents a world and then takes you through it. Yeah. Um, yeah, This one is just like, it's just like, it's Tokyo 2024. And I'm just like, I'm in between going, oh, wow, that's really beautiful. I'm just, like, stuck being, you know, ha- having unlikable characters shut yeah, down my throat yeah. and i don't i don't get i don't get shown the world no. through the character's eyes i just get showed you it, the lens focuses on this one person and this one person's destiny and it never really does anything with it like and all these other interesting characters who are all like kind of like trying to nudge her on this journey are inconsequential and then at the end they go we really like her we really like her why why do you like her because she's just treated you like shit the whole yeah, time
0: <laughs> yeah and that's you know, like <laughs> Like all the way through, doesn't like her, but then kind of warms to her when she kind of realizes her power and starts helping AMP and actually getting into the fight, you know, and says, Oh, actually, I've got this power. I'm going to use it to help. Um, Mm. And then, like, Kitty warms to her. But uh, it's just like kind of so inconsequential and so lightweight. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what the films needed to be was a single, you know, 100 minute film that told both parts in a single narrative and then actually yeah. built on AMP and actually developed AMP a bit. Yeah.
1: What would have been good building on the AMP thing. Um, what would like, I think would have been more, way more impactful is like, obviously she's got no reason to trust. Yeah. Um And she's, you know, got these spiritual, you know, magic abilities. She's got her mum's pendant that she's wearing. Like the, the most interesting part of any of the, of the character development cycle is when like, she remembers she she's like oh is that my memory when she's yeah, talking about yeah. like something you know looking over the bridge with her mother and then like she follows that kind of vision um and that's like the most interesting bit it's like well you know she trusts her mother like yeah, definitely yeah. even though you know she's put put this like forced destiny on her 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 character development arc could have been like rejecting the amp because she kind of like she's like well you know this is you know she's got to force the blame somewhere um, and then like, you know, with visions of from her mum, like work through her trauma of the situation and get over her character arc, you know, and they could have focused on like her discovering, because it would have solved plot points where there was like, no, there's no address of like, the magic ability or why her blood is so important. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just says, oh, yeah, no, two really, really powerful sorcerers. Nothing. There's no backstory there. But like, if she was able to kind of discover why she is who she yeah. is. Uh, we would get answers. She'd get her character arc, and meanwhile, we can have, we can have Amp dealing with like um, a, an increasingly pressurized mm. situation because she's not ready to yeah, tackle it yet. Yeah. So if you, if they'd have handled it as two separate stories, we could have developed Amp. We could have developed yeah. Amp and the people within it, and we could have developed her, and we would have been like, we understand both sides of the coin, because they're under a time pressure, and she's just discovering yeah. herself. But instead, we just have them two <laughs> each other,
0: and pressed into our faces. Yes, exactly. And it just doesn't yeah, work. I agree. Uh, yeah, you know, as as a pair, it just doesn't work, which, which is a real shame, really. So I think... Uh, I, I would recommend the first film, film you, know, as you well. know, if we get into kind of ratings and stuff. Yeah. The first film, I still genuinely really like it. I think it does a, an awful lot for me. As a, you know, a hardcore sci-fi fan, there's a lot of stuff in there that I really like. Yeah. There's a lot to love. There is a lot to love in it, you know, and I, I, I'd i give it, a, a you know, an A. I just do think if you're into that kind of early 90s, because it's got that nice kind of AIC high quality animation. So if you, if you're into the AIC stuff, um, you know, all that, the sci-fi stuff that they were producing through the mid to late eighties and into the early nineties, then you, you will absolutely lap this up. Yeah. Um, so generally like it's an eight for me, but then the second film, I don't know, it's like a four or five really. Um, it's just, I mean, it's not terrible, but it's just not kind of good either. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, if you were to look at it
1: as, um, yeah, if it, if it had the intro of one, it might be the better movie. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but but only because they actually resolve something. Um, but yeah, no, I'd I'd probably give both of them. Well, I'd give the first one a seven, and I'd give the second one maybe a six. Yeah. A
0: six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first one's definitely the better of the two. So, the first one I'd recommend. The second one. Yeah, you find out a bit more. It, but I, I almost say you don't have to see it. It depends whether you want yeah. to spoil your viewing of the first film or not. Almost,
1: I think. Yeah, I think I think both of them. I, I'd I'd watch them both together and yeah. just consider them a single film. Um, and then be like, oh, okay. I just kind of was just taking on this like kind of really, almost like they're trying to break the fourth wall and be like, yeah, get it, get it, because it loops in on itself. Isn't that yeah. Isn't that amazing? And you're like, no, it's not. It's horrible. Um. But yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd put them together and watch them together, and it would be uh, it would be an hour and forty minutes of just bashing your head against uh, <laughs> Liqueur's
0: character development arc. Yeah, so you know, to Alan's question, it's like I think they are an accessible entry point. I think it tells you what you need to know about the core yeah. story of Silent Mavius. Um but I would recommend the TV series because the TV series does a much better job of telling you the wider story because it's got 26 episodes to tell it in yeah Um, so yes Mm -hmm.
1: a beautiful beautiful art direction um not so beautiful story no definitely
0: definitely right so that brings us to the end of today's reviews so as we said in our intro we will be doing the x-bomb review at some point um we just gotta uh, I mean the, the difficulty for you lewis is just there's a bit more content to watch for that one and it's just kind of fitting it in um mm. but we will we will get round to it um and see that and and then we will Next time um, in our regular episode, uh, talk about what we said we were going to review at the end of episode 29, which is uh, Toei and Yagami's family affairs. So uh, we will get round to those. Mm -hmm. So where to find us? Uh, On Twitter, at RetroAnime. You can find us on nearly every podcast hosting service app. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, SoundCloud, you know, all of those things. So, you know, check us out. Please like, subscribe and leave us a review. It does always help. Um, As I said, I'm quite active on Anime UK news forums. My username is Organ. Um, Also, please follow my companion Mecha podcast, Retro Mecha podcast. Find that on Twitter at Retro Mecha and all the same hosting services as this one. So, uh, yeah, there we are. Tribute to my good friend Dan Ortey, taken away far too early. Uh, he was only 47, which is just absolutely no age at all. Mm. Um, so you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to pay tribute to him, and uh, so yeah, Silent Maybous, first fan tape I ever saw, and here's to you, here's to you. Dan. So I think it was an interesting one for you because it's quite an old thing now, and yeah, yeah, I've seen the uh, formula you know,
1: before. We've watched quite a few of these uh now and i i I watched ghost in the shell and evangelion early on with you when i was younger yeah um so i'm very familiar with the kind of like the tropes and the world the way the worlds are presented yeah Yeah. and it does do it in the you know it does do it in a a quite a unique way there's like um Mm. uh, you know the shapes and landscape shots and everything else that are are presented for like modern post-futuristic tokyo are are, are beautiful yeah Uh, and they are they are unique to this piece so, yeah, uh, definitely see it for the art, if nothing else.
0: Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. Right. So, on that note, we'll wrap up and close the podcast there. So, yeah, until next time, Lewis, until next
1: time, it's good to be back, and I will see you guys in another six months. No, I'm just kidding, it'll be soon. It'll be soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it definitely won't be six months. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye for now. Definitely not. Yeah, yeah, bye, buddy. opening and closing music of the podcast is the opening theme to Brave of the Sun Firebird, copyright to Sunrise Studios. All other music used within the podcast is copyright to its respective creator.